Hi, everyone. My name is Christopher Bruce. I'm a divorce and family law attorney in the South Florida area. And today I have the um, just distinct pleasure of being joined by Rich Heller. Rich is a relationship coach. He also um, works in the field of divorce coaching, um, focused around uh, toxic relationships. And we're going to go over a topic that's uh, near and dear to my heart and in my law practice, and that's um, how to deal with um, divorcing a narcissist, both um, before the process, during, and uh, after uh, the dust has uh, settled. So, Rich, uh, thanks for taking the time out of um, your day and your practice to, to be part of this. And before we get into the topic, um, maybe just tell everybody, um, how, how did you get the passion to, to do this type of work? Well, you know, first, I just want to say thank you for having me. It's, <laughs> it's great to see you again. I haven't seen you in a while, I, and I'm so honored to be on the show. And to answer your question, uh, I grew up in a high conflict household that ended in a messy divorce. And my brother and I were both really traumatized by that though. At the time we didn't know it. We were just kids, right? Yeah. Like, you don't really, you're just kind of adjusting. It was only in my case, uh, the years of therapy and personal work that I was like, wow, I got some personal stuff to work through here. Thanks to yeah. the household I grew up in. And my brother, on the other hand, did not do that work. And he is a really smart guy. I mean, really intelligent, 300 pound security guard, um, you know, like just so underutilizing his uh, potential, you know, um, th that so, you know, we're kind of like a tale of what, what can happen to kids in this situation. I, I was never going to get divorced because I just wasn't going to do it. My parents said I was going to have the perfect marriage. And so yeah. consequently, uh, I, of course, I married someone uh, very quickly, got her pregnant, did the right thing by her. Typical American uh, idiot guy story. And uh, you know, I stayed married to her five years longer than I should have trying to fix her. Right? It, wasn't like, it wasn't like she was so awful. I was trying to fix her and make it work and you know, reward her and manipulate her and control her. Like I, I made all the mistakes that people make in marriages. And then when we finally got divorced though, the one thing I did right was I let uh, actually a matrimonial attorney, not a coach, coach me uh, on the process. Somebody I went to college with, and I went to college reunion. I was telling her about what was going on. She said, you know what? I'm gonna help you through this. And she coached me through the whole process, you know, taught me to, um, not manage my emotions, take them somewhere else instead of into the divorce. And my first wife is, or was, I don't know if she still is, very narcissistic, uh, really very short-sighted in the impact of her behavior on the children and everyone else. So it really took a lot to follow my coach's advice. But uh, my first wife and I are friendly today. The kids are relatively well-adjusted human beings who are successfully, both of them successfully married and having families of their own. So we couldn't have done that badly. And that's why I do this work though, is, you know, I, like I grew up in the wrong way and I got coached in doing it the right way. And I thought, well, how can I take uh, the negative in my life and make it a positive for other people? I can help them with their relationships. And I started out as a divorce coach and I still do that work today. That's uh, that's an amazing story. And I mean, you're, you're helping people. Um, I just think uh, break, break the cycle of what can be um, dysfunction in family. And especially when it comes 
to kids. And, you know, my point of view with this stuff is um, when somebody can successfully get out of one of these difficult relationships, especially with children, they really can create just a whole cycle of, of change for, for their family, those people around them and, and everybody that comes after that. If enough people do it, I think the world truly is a better, better place. And, and they're certainly um, happier. So it's, it's amazing to me that uh, you kind of recognize that calling and, and they're are doing this type of uh, work. And um, I guess uh, now to the, the people that are uh, on the, uh, the starting end of, of this process, haven't uh, went, went through it uh, yet. Maybe they, they're reading, uh, came across this. They think they're married to a narcissist um, or just, just somebody that's just controlling and, and difficult. Um, you know, just from your experience, experience in life, both in, uh, and also in your, your professional practice, um, you know, how does being married to one of these controlling, um, you know, perhaps narcissistic people affect somebody? What, what's it like to the side effect of, of being married to somebody like that? I think first we get to get clear on what we're calling a narcissist. Yeah. So, um, I mean, for me to really answer the question. So there's a diagnosis. I'm, I've got a master's in social work and I've worked with all kinds of mentally ill folks. There's a diagnosis called narcissism. And it's hard, difficult to treat, difficult to cope with. Uh, it's a form of mental illness. Then there's the thing that the rest of us are calling narcissism. So if we put on one end, Mother Teresa, I don't know why I always use her. <laughs> on the other end, um, you know, the most raging narcissist you can think of, uh, Adolf Hitler was pretty narcissistic. There you go. Uh, you know, the, then the chances are that someone who behaves in a way that has a narcissistic tendency is going to be, let's say, a seven and a half up towards that 10, you know, somewhere in there. So you, you may be married to someone that's not like as awful and terrible, you know, as the most extreme narcissist in the world, but they might have that tendency. And when you live with someone who has a tendency to think mostly of themselves, what they're, what they do is that they twist the needs of the people around them to meet their own needs they view other people as vehicles for getting their own needs met. Uh, and yeah. these people can be very seductive. Um, that, you know, they're, they're very charismatic. They're, they're uh, well, my, yeah, my first wife was too. I'm just thinking, is this true for my first wife? Who wasn't Adolf Hitler, by the way? You know, uh, you know she, uh, yeah, they can be very seductive and attractive. And the thing is, when we, once we become part of their sphere and sort of get plugged in, uh, it can feel like what happened, you know, as we become a tool in their toolbox, you know, once they bring us into their sphere of influence, it can be, it can feel really disappointing. Uh, and you, you start to find yourself twitching, twisting yourself into a pretzel to please them and to make things right with them because you want the, the, the good stuff that you got into the relationship for the, in the first place with. And sometimes, the, the, you know, you get there and they shine it on you and it just feels so good, you know, but those, those instances get less and less and the experience of being all emotionally twisted get more and more. 
So it, it's, I guess, for the pretzels out there, the, the people that are really identifying in, in what, you know, you're talking about, which I think is spot on, by the way. I mean, we have initial uh, meetings with uh, people that, that sometimes become clients of the law firm, and they pretty much describe feeling, um, you know, the, the way that you just, just described there towards the end. I mean, they want, they want the, the, the dopamine hit of the stuff that got them into the relationship, the attention, a lot of times very important to them um, based on just uh, their own upbringing and, and, and what, what happened in their family growing up. Uh, but then they, they get it less and less um, and they feel more used and used. And I guess for the people that identify with some of this stuff and they're thinking, okay, well, um, I got a lawyer and I got a divorce coach or relationship coach um, on um, this uh, call here. Um, I'm thinking about possibly leaving this relationship. Um, you know, what's your advice to them? What should they be doing, you know, now before things get started and, and out in the open? I think if you're finding yourself in this situation and you're questioning it, you know, there's a tendency to believe that in some way it's reparable. Yeah, you know, what if I can fix it? What if I can make it better? And a lot of the people, clients that I work with, uh, usually come to me because they have children and they haven't really seen the da- they didn't really get the damage on themselves to themselves of being in this relationship but they start to see how the narcissistic the person with the tendency the self-centered their self-centered partner treats the children and that gets really scary for them um, and the fact of the matter is that we can't change nobody can change anyone else mm-hmm. nobody can fix anyone else nobody we just we just don't have that power uh, and so your options would be a talk to them about what you're seeing, and I promise you, what they're going to do is they're going to try and con- if they're really uh, uh, in that scale in that seven and a half to ten realm, the first yeah. thing they're going to do is convince you that the problem is you, that you're crazy, you know, that there's something wrong with you. How could you say that? You know, you need to really look at yourself in some way, shape, or form. They're going to gaslight you and make it about you, and that's a surefire sign that. There's no, there is no hope <laughs> or very little hope. Well, you're, you're spot on with what you say. I mean, I guess I don't know the actual numbers, but they're probably 25% of our clients or clients of the firm because their husband told them that they went to see a therapist and the therapist basically told them what you're just saying. Um, and they, they realized what the deal is. Uh, you're spot on with that. Yeah. And the next step, if you want to actually get out, is to talk to someone like Chris Bruce, you know, some uh, an attorney who understands the problem, not because you're not necessarily going to go to some an attorney to so that you can serve them and move on it. But I think the first yeah. thing is to just get to know the landscape, get to know what your rights really are, get to know what the cost really will be before you make the decision. You want to understand where you might be going and what the price of going there is. And divorce is never inexpensive it is never or well it is very rarely painless but i say probably never painless because divorce involves the dissolution of a dream a vision that you had with another person and once you have children you're well on the way to making that dream happen so there's going to be some pain involved but first you want to understand how much pain and is the pain of taking this step going to outweigh the pain that i'm currently in uh, or is it going to be less than like, which pain is more? And if the pain of getting to freedom, uh, is going to lead to not having any pain at all, it might be worth it. Makes sense. So, 
so somebody, um, she's, she's going through this process. She's, she's done, um, done these uh, steps. Um, she's now determined um, she's going to follow through. She's going to get divorced. Um, do you have any advice for her as, as she goes, goes through the, the divorce process with, with one of these people? For sure. Uh, so you've made the decision that you're going to get divorced. The most important person on your team is going to be your attorney because they are your Sherpa in the legal world. Um, most attorneys are going to be limited to the legal world. Not all of them have the in-depth understanding that you have. You know, I mean, like I've talked to you and I've gotten to know you, Chris, you've got an incredible in-depth understanding of this problem. Uh, but I would, I dare say that you're probably going to want some mental health help, a coach, a therapist, or maybe you're going to want a preacher or a rabbi, whatever you lean into, but you're going to want somebody in your corner, preferably somebody who really understands this problem to help you with the emotional slash spiritual side. Not that an attorney like Chris can't, but I'm probably, I'm going to guess that, you know, most attorneys charge a lot more than a pastor, a rabbi, a therapist, or a coach. So, you know, you're going to, you're going to want to get some, uh, some cost effectiveness there because divorce ain't yeah. cheap folks but the other thing is that those people are probably trained and to manage the emotional side you know whereas professionals like chris intimately know the legal side and are familiar with the emotional side like we don't want to take away that relationship the the mental health professional the coach whatever is going to really have in-depth experience of the emotional side and uh, how to deflect the gaslighting, which is going to keep coming and keep, while you're going through the divorce process, the gaslighting keeps coming. While you're going through the divorce process, your own denial will come up. About halfway in, you'll go, oh, why am I doing this to my children and my family? You know, and you're going to want to talk to someone who understands what that is and how to handle it. Uh, and, you know, Chris has got massive experience with that because he's seen it again and again and again. But a mental health professional who's worked with a large number of people in this particular area might have some tools that Chris doesn't. And, and you know, just, just on, on that note, I mean, and I, I read through your, um, you know, it's a, it's a great, great book. We'll talk about it a little bit more at the end, but Rich uh, wrote a book, Divorce Detox. But I think you had an exercise in there for trying to um, basically take some of the things that are really aggravating you and, and um, basically, I guess, lessen the the intensity of them or the effect that they have on you and i mean maybe you could explain that and a couple other tips you might have for people in this stage of the process just uh just for staying grounded and not letting their emotions get the best of them i think they would be helpful wow that's a big can you want to open there uh, <laughs> top three yeah the i think the biggest problem for any of us in any situation in life is that we all have emotional baggage from our childhood, right? So well, how do we get into a relationship with a narcissist? Probably we had one in our childhood. You know, we're preconditioned for that relationship. And uh, the, the, what comes with emotional baggage is a tendency to overreact, to so go from zero to 60 and zero, instead of zero from 10, or to 10 to 20, or to be very uh, vulnerable to certain kinds of influences that might not be so positive for us. And so what's in the book are, there are a number of exercises, number one, to help people identify their, what we call triggers, which is this emotional baggage that we've, that stuff, unresolved feelings from our childhood. 
uh, to identify it, uh, the first step is to learn to work around the emotional baggage. The emotional baggage exists on the unconscious level, uh, which is like 80% of who we are. The next step is to start identifying what the baggage is and to help the unconscious mind to heal from it. And our unconscious mind actually is on our side. It's our oper internal operating system. It's the part of us that's on automatic and it wants us to thrive. It wants to take care of our body. It wants to take care of our emotions. It wants to take care of our, all those things for us. So when we focus on these areas and allow our, our unconscious mind to see that we have maybe some feelings we need to let go and we have processes that help us to let go of them, the unconscious mind will actually cooperate uh, and we can start to let go of this stuff. So we are less triggered and less, uh, really most important, we're less vulnerable to the manipulation of the narcissist, right? Because what the narcissist is a master of is discovering our triggers and manipulating us through them. And there's a, a whole lot more to that, but I, I'm trying, I'm working really hard today to keep my answers within two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that part two, um, maybe we could just talk briefly or a moment. Somebody's going through the divorce um, and there's kids, whether these kids are, um, you know, the, the little ones that I have or, or the big ones all growing up like yours. I, I think the, a, a divorce from a toxic um, spouse can, you know, really in, in, has a tendency to in, impact those children, regardless of the age. What's your best advice um, for um, somebody to try to deal with that in, in the best way possible? Allow me to speak from personal experience. All right. So I have two children by my first wife who is got some narcissistic tendencies and a mental illness that she refuses to get treated. My current wife, and I hope forever wife, one day at a time, has two children by her husband who is a rageaholic and also something of a narcissist. And so we both had to work really hard at helping our children to have a relationship with these people and not become too much like them. We wanted them to adopt. Both of these people have really strong qualities, by the way. We yeah. want our children to, to grow in the strong, positive qualities of these people without taking on the mantle of being a rageaholic or, uh, in, my, in my first wife's case, clinically clinical depression. I and my children wrestle with that somewhat. You know, they, they, they've gotten some help with that. Uh, and though we can't teach our children not to be depressed or not to be raging, we can teach them how to deal with these other personalities. And so once the first step for us is to really understand who is the, I, I, I call it embracing the enemy, but really mm -hmm. they're, they're not the enemy, they're the other parent. Uh, we call embracing the enemy because at that stage in the divorce process, it feels like they're the enemy. Yeah. But where we want to do is we want to embrace them so that we start to develop empathy for them and understanding of how they became the way they are. And as we understand that they behave the way that they do because of what happened with their parents, and that really yeah. has very little to do with who we are, they stop becoming the enemy and they start becoming, oh, this is my kid's other parent. <laughs> you know, and they and then we teach our kids. We taught our kids how to deal with each of these parents uh, in a way where they could deflect the negative and absorb the positive. And we gave them strat without saying, without saying to my kids, you know, your mom's all effed up. You don't want to be like her. You know, instead we said, oh well, you know, I taught them when you encounter someone who has a problem with this issue, you know, rather than absorbing it, here are some strategies you can have that will help you with it. And let's face it, 
the world is filled with angry and sad people. So yeah. taking that stance is helpful for them no matter what. I mean, whether they're dealing with an upside down parent or an, another upside down human being. Well, that's, uh, that's great advice. And I think a perfect way to try to frame it. Um, so, um, you've got to you've got to have Good. that personal connection uh, personal connection personal understanding of why they are the way they are and when we're in the divorce process uh it, it it can feel very much very personal and very much like you're being personally attacked and once you get that they're they're just hardwired that way because their parents flooded them with their stuff and 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 they're just sharing that stuff with you not because of who you are but because of who they are the whole, your whole perspective and experience starts to change. Well, I think that's, that's great advice. And I hope really uh, people take that to heart. Um, and uh, I think they could solve themselves or absolve themselves of a lot of uh, grief and um, really their, their children um, by um, taking the time to, to teach them that stuff. And like you said, I mean, it's not, not just something that's going to apply maybe to uh, the enemy or the other parent, um, as we want them to be, but also, I mean, these people are all all over the world, and it's whether whether they're straight from hell or just have a brain that works a little bit differently because of the way they are raised. It's the fact is they exist, and it's it's a life skill to be able to deal with them. So, uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, straight now from for people hell. when they <laughs> maybe get I, maybe I'm gonna maybe I write a new book. It's called How to Deal with Satan. <laughs> Did you know <laughs> Satan? <laughs> I did. Let me show you how to deal with that. It's like, it's never that bad. We hope. <laughs> well, some of my some of my clients would they would say the uh, straight from hell part is the uh, the truth. Um, well, there, but we there are some pretty it. evil people out there. It's true. There there are. It's 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 sad but true. So it, it's just so we can help people see the the light at the end of the tunnel and, and maybe see the the full course of how this this goes they they do the stuff we're talking about um before it all starts they they get um hopefully a great lawyer that understands this stuff um you know therapists other professionals a coach um, that help them stay grounded uh they get to the finish line they get the award um from um their uh, their state a piece of paper that says congratulations you're divorced what then? I mean, does everything get better? How, how should they expect things to go? And I, you probably could be great in talking just, just about how things went for you. How, how do you deal with these well, people? There, there are kind of two pieces to answering that. Um, you know, the first thing I want to say is I just talk about what kind of professional you need to pick and why. So um, what therapists are really good at is helping people to untangle emotional knots from, our, from the past uh, and so if part of what's coming up for you is that you're divorcing someone who is reminding you of your parents and, you know, that's complicating the process, that's something you definitely want to go to a therapist about. Uh, it, you know, if what you're having trouble with is making a strategy for dealing with this person in the immediate future and the coming future, that's more the world of a coach. Not that therapists don't do strategy and not that coaches don't touch emotion, but those are kind of the 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 boundaries of those two things. Um, now, the second part is, uh, to, you know, the, when you get to the end of the divorce, right? You you may you're gonna you may want to work with still want to work with one or both of those people on on those issues, but then there's your children. Uh, so though, the studies show that it's actually that first year 
after the divorce that's hardest for them. Really? Right? And this is really important. You know, for us in the divorce process, the adults, we're just like, oh, thank God that's over. I'm not hemorrhaging money all over the place. The war is over, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We, you know, we sort of, may, I, can, I can feel better about dating if you're not dating already. You know, or you are dating already. I can, you know, I can live my life again, right? There's, there's, there's sense of relief. But for the kids, they during the divorce, totally irrationally, for no reason any of us can really understand, they felt completely responsible for your divorce. They felt yeah. like they must have done something wrong, and it's because they have no context for it. The only, the only, they're they're little narcissists, basically, right? Yeah, they're kids, right? What kids mostly think about is themselves. And if their parents are divorcing, it has to be because they did something wrong. And so they are usually on their best behavior or good behavior during the divorce, hoping that'll fix it, right? Now, that isn't always true. Adolescents may yeah. act out a little more. It's, it, it's stage related. But the studies show consistently that that first year after the divorce is when all their stuff starts to fall apart. Why? Because they failed. They didn't save the marriage, you know, all their good behavior, or maybe they acted out trying to get attention, but not, whatever they did, it didn't work. And now you're relaxing. You're like, oh, I can focus on my life. It's going to be okay for the kids. But the kids are like, oh my God, my parents are actually divorced. I screwed up. What do I do now? And that is when your kids are most at risk of depression, of uh, acting out sexually, of drug use, of alcohol use, and even suicide. Uh, they're also at risk of doing poorly academically. There's just all kinds of uh, possible fallout. And so what you really want to be doing after that first year, besides getting yourself a little help, is giving them a ton of attention. And maybe they need, and in this case, I would say a therapist, not a coach. Yeah. You know, they really need someone to help untangle the, the feelings. They're, the completely ir feelings are irrational. You know, help them look at, understand, really get that they're not responsible really get that they didn't do anything wrong and really get that things are going to be better now. And sometimes I, I would say a therapist or a counselor, nine times out of 10 is better than a coach. And if you're strapped for cash, I've gone way over two minutes this time. I apologize. <laughs> if you're strapped no, this is for helpful. cash, Keep going. you're always better off going to the school with this. There's you, Every school has a school counselor. I, I myself availed myself of the school counselor throughout my parents' divorce and post-divorce you know, without anyone telling me, I was just like, oh my God, somebody's here. I can talk to them. It's confidential, yeah. you know, uh, and it's better than no one. That's, that's a great, great extra tip um, right there. And I, I hope people keep that in mind. Um, you know, so um, thanks for, for sharing all this stuff. Tell me um, a little bit about, um, so um, you and, and what you do, both on the relationship side and, and um, you know, helping people deal with the divorce. How, how does how does a, a coach fit in all this um, stuff? And, and how do you work with the people that are your clients, both on the relationship side and, and the coaching side? Because you're way more than a divorce coach. Well, I started out as a divorce coach because that's was the experience I was coming from. And what I found out as a divorce coach, I started helping uh, divorcing parents to figure out I started co as, as a parent coach is what I was had to have a better relationship for the sake of the kids. And what I found out is the tools that they needed to have a better relationship for the sake of the kids were the tools that anyone needs to have any kind of partnership, a business partnership, a loving partnership, 
the same tool, basic tools. And then I was like, oh, I could maybe work with couples. And, you know, I'm, I'm, honestly, uh, I'm a Christian. And as a Christian, you know, my uh, uh, divorce is like not on the top of the list, you know, there in, yeah. in, in that particular faith. And so I thought, you know, though I love helping people in the divorce process, maybe I can help people not get divorced. And so I got trained as a mediator. I got trained it was what's called a parent coordinator. Um, I got a lot of uh, education in hypnosis and a process called mental and emotional release, which really helps the unconscious mind to let go of stuff. And so I start I work do a lot of work with now, starting with men who want to save their marriage because. For whatever reason, men find me more relatable than women do. Maybe it's because I'm a guy. I like I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, but also out of that, I do couples work. Sometimes men come in with their wives, and we do work, the work. I do work with couples you know, if they feel like their relationship is strong enough, and uh, also if they just feel like they can't save the relationship. I do divorce work with men and women. Uh, and actually, in the divorce world, there are women who feel that having a male coach is a plus because it really helps them in healing the really negative experience they had with their male husband. Yeah. Not all of them, but some of them. Some of them are so scarred by ha having a narcissistic male husband, they need to be with women uh, and that they need to be in that tribe before they can trust men again. And I totally honor and respect that. That's, um, that's I think, a uh, great explanation of what, what you do. And um, you asked a question. You have a, a podcast, by the way, um, and uh, make sure everybody knows about it at the end. I think there's a whole lot of great, great stuff on um, there. Um, but you asked this, this question in your podcast, and I'm going to steal because I, I think it really helps people understand who you are. And, you know, Rich, what's the legacy that, that you want to um, leave behind with, with all of uh, this and, and your work in it? The, uh, the concrete goal is to impact 10,000 marriages in the next 10 years. So uh, impact them positively, making them, uh, well, making them more resilient and joyful. I, marriages might not be the right word. I, I think it's really parents because I work with parents. Yeah. It, you know, it, for me, it's all about the kids. Like having been that kid uh, who, who was really scarred um, and just in so much pain and not knowing it until it came out in all the ways that pain does. Uh, I, I really, my heart is really for the children. So it's really, it's about helping. I would love it to be about marriages. I would love those marriages to stay intact, but let's be honest. Um, that sometimes people get together who just shouldn't get together. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, as much as I'd love to stick to my religious values, you know, even in that box, uh, there, there are reasons why people shouldn't be together. Well, and it's uh... like, but you know, big picture, it's about building resilience and joy in families. Uh, you know, when I, when at my funeral, I will, I, my hope is that people are saying, wow, uh, what an incredible thought leader and caring human being. And he helped so many people, uh, you know, so he was able to transform his own pain and negative experience into a positive for so many people. And I, you know, I believe that's what God does is he takes the negative and turns it into a positive, right? Like that's, it's, that's right on point for me spiritually. Well, that's, um, that's amazing to share. And I, I hope that this, uh, this video helps, um, you know, you get a little bit closer um, to that. I think it will. And for everybody um, listening to this, we're going to have a, a show note page on uh, the law firm's website, but 
Um, Rich, if you could, just for the people listening, this uh, share, um, you know, the best contact information where people should go, maybe just um, mention your book a little bit, a um, little plug, um, just so they can follow up and uh, get in touch if this is resonating with them. Well, two things. Uh, it's always two things with me. <laughs> two things. First, if you are not a religious person or uh, if you have a different name for your higher power, I totally honor that. You know, please don't be driven away by my choice, uh, what works for me. Right? You know, I'm, I am, uh, I'm, I'm all for, or if you're an agnostic or an atheist, I totally honor and respect that. Um, second, everything that we do is under the brand Rich in Relationship. The pod, if you can find the podcast, on Spotify, on Google, on Apple, on you know a number of podcast hosting platforms, all under the name Rich in the Relationship. If you put Rich in Relationship in Google, we are what comes up. The name of the website is Rich in Relationship. The name on Instagram is like hashtag Rich in Relationship. At Facebook, it's Rich in Relationship. At LinkedIn, it's Rich in Relationship. In TikTok, it's Rich in Relationship. You put Rich in Relationship there, you will find us. We're very brand consistent. You can reach me at the email, rich, R-I-C-H, at rich in relationship, all one word, R-I-C-H-I-N-R-E-L-A-T-I-O-N-S-H-I-P. And we do have um, the Divorce Detox, which I have one too. Uh, <laughs> this, this book is a workbook for people in the divorce process. And what it came out of is I started to realize that as a coach, my services were outside of the reach of people in certain classes. And so what we did was we, I created this workbook, which is the synthesis of decades of work with people in the divorce process. So if you're flat broke, you can get a copy of this, bro, uh, this book from Chris and from a lot of other attorneys for free. I give them to attorneys to hand out for free. Chris, I'm happy to give you more copies if you want them or need them. Uh, or you can get them on our website. Take a look there. We'll get, we'll get it to you. And then, you know, if you're someone who's not so good at DIY and you need a little help, we have an online video course that goes with the book that you can do. And, you know, there's all different levels of help you can get in this area. And it's, so it's an effort to take a program that we know works. 95% of the time, it's, uh, it's effective for people and get it out there to as many people as possible. Well, uh, that, that's a lot of value in that. And um, just personally from talking um, with you now a couple couple times and, and seeing the impact that you make, you know this stuff. Um, and I really uh, just appreciate you sharing your time and your expertise. One last thing. This book will be available on Amazon by May 15th. I don't know when the podcast is coming out. May 15th of 2023. We'll have it out there uh, on Amazon for you to purchase as well. Hey, good deal. Get your copy today. Um, probably by the time this airs, I think it'll be um, up there. Um, this is uh, Chris Bruce. Um, it, it's been a pleasure being here with uh, Rich Heller. He's a, a relationship um, coach, divorce uh, coach, um, pretty much all over the place. Um, and anywhere um, you are, um, you can work with him. And Rich, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to see you again, Chris.